Mr. Machine, Mr. Donnie, I'm really excited. I'm pretty excited today too, dude. I uh, we got a special guy in the, in the house today. Who we got in the house tonight? Very important to me. Very, very important to me. His name is Mr. John Benish. Uh, what's up? What's up? John, How thanks doing, for guys. Dude, Welcome. Thanks, thanks for coming here today, man. I appreciate you coming. You're a special cat, man. Uh, you're an important character in my life. Let um, me just give the people the rundown. John Binish is a behavior dean in the South Side in urban education. I met John in a time of my life, man, where I was just out of college looking for something to do as far as working in education, and we started playing football together. And from there on, man, you and I just hit it off, and we started, you know? We did. It was a, It was kind of a funny... I'm Actually, I heard you tell the story, but I think it's great when... We just get a text message like, hey, I saw this kicker at a, at a local college. We're like, yeah, send him out. And then what was it, like a week later, you're hopping on a in a car ride with us. To Atlanta. Atlanta, just <laughs> acting like savages. And this kid was like a kid on Christmas morning. Like, just the best time ever. We had a good time, man. You guys, like you don't stumble upon. I, I think it's rare that people stumble upon good friends, you know, like in their 20s and in their 30s. Like people that you can... You right. know, create this relationship with for a, a long period of time where you see yourself having a relationship with these people for an extended period of time, going on trips, playing in tournaments, playing in games, working together. And yeah. that's, a, that's a big thing. Like you and I had the whole education thing in common. You were uh, uh, an urban education teacher for what? I think I, maybe like seven years at the time I met you. Uh, when Yeah. When we first met, it was probably... My seventh or eighth year teaching on the south side of Chicago. Yeah. And I just got done with college looking for a PE teaching job. And uh, like my my plan was to go back to the school I student taught at and like sub, find yeah. a permanent sub and kind of wait around for a full-time job. But uh, what I didn't expect myself getting into was working in urban education, growing up in the suburbs and, and really, you know, a privileged life, let's be honest, yep. you know, uh, and you, you don't get control over where you're born. And, you know, I, I was just a lucky guy growing up in a household, uh, you know, that was able to have other benefits. Yeah, you have the, and I was kind of the same way. We walked a similar path coming up as kids, suburban kids, right? I came mm -hmm. from Hoffman. You were Prairie Ridge? Uh, Main South. Main, Main South, South yeah. and Park Ridge, yeah. Park Ridge, there you go. Yeah. And uh, to see the just vast difference of, and like you said, right, you don't choose mom and dad. And I kind of was going to walk the same path as you again. I said that again. But, hey, right, graduate college, play some football, student teach in the area I grew up, and then, hey, get a nice suburban job. And that didn't happen. Right. It's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. It's a it's a very competitive uh, job market, right, finding a, a suburban education job. But nonetheless, there's a lot of openings in the inner city because yeah, there's... It's, it's, it's difficult to be a teacher in the south side. And let's be, let's be honest here. Nationwide, the south side of Chicago is known... As a as a war zone, really. Oh yeah, I mean, they, you know, right with Chirac and and you you see the the murder count and it's it's terrifying. A lot of it's gang related violence. Yeah, it's it's gang, but you know, if you look at the gang culture now, um, it's very fractured, right? So it's more clicky, and that's you know one of the theories as to why you see so much violence, right? Is that it's it's very unorganized now, and it's just kids being kids, and and that's the way that they feel that they can. 
maybe deliver their brand of justice. And, and uh, you know, part of being a teacher and an educator is trying to open their eyes to a different way, right? Influence walk a different them, path. Influence them in a positive way, understanding that they do have some sort of future beyond where they're born right. into, right? Yeah. If, you know, they put the right things together in place. They could have a future outside of what they know. But it's interesting, like, being thrown into an environment like that as a first-year teacher. Now, we taught in an area of Chicago, yep. right? And, you, you, like, nobody else on this planet, there's a couple people in this world that <laughs> understand what we're talking about when it's teaching in the Alkel Gardens. Oh, yeah. It's... Right? On the 133rd in the Dan Ryan Expressway. It, yeah. Super south side, right? Uh, hard area, man. I believe the origins of Alkeld. Um, and I may be wrong on this. I didn't do the research. This was explained to me, so I'm just kind of reciting it. It was actually like a, like a housing complex built for soldiers after World War II, I believe, right? So it was meant to be an isolated area. And so now they turned it into a public housing project where it is essentially a food desert, right? The only type of nutrition that's available is a fast, is a fast food place or a, or a convenience store right convenience um, stores are big yeah there's only one street in and out through from a major thoroughfare so it's just a very isolated closed in environment and you, you know you don't know how much of a chance of success some of these kids have if that's where they've grown up and you know again one of the things you look at in urban education is uh generational poverty and you know their grandmothers live there their mothers live there and now they live there and it it it's a scary thing that this is happening to a large percentage of society, right? And there's no real answer for it. Right. And that's... It's the reality of yeah, it. It's it. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, It's scary. Uh, but, you know, growing up, you know, where we grow up and then essentially teaching in this environment, like you're learning a lot about what these kids are going through, but it's hard to relate on another level Yep. because we didn't grow up that way. But it's interesting that you learn and you see the perspective right you learn from a different perspective you see what yep. these people are essentially living day to day and um you know you sympathize with them and you try your best to you know pull it, whatever positivity is right. out of that situation you know i think yeah and i don't mean to cut you off I no use a really important word there was sympathize because you know it's very difficult to have empathy when you speak to a child and they tell you that you know they're kicked out of their house they don't know where the next meal is coming from they're living in a car you know that their brothers has a drug problem we're talking heroin i mean it, it you don't have i can't have empathy there i've never known what that feels like you know and i had some issues in a household growing up with parents being separated everybody has their own but, sort of issue right, right but i couldn't have this empathy but you develop sympathy for them yes but then there's a level of accountability that you have to hold them to right i can't just say well i'm sorry that this happened to you so i'll just let you do whatever you want because as we know right and I've, i'm going to use your hashtag team human here which i think is great but like when we get into society and we're all on the same team you can't walk around and do whatever you want because it's going right. to impact other people exactly right. and i don't get to do Whatever I want, if it's going to make the machine's life bad, absolutely, <laughs> it's not okay. Absolutely, it's not okay. <laughs> but getting getting them to realize that, you know, is a challenge on our part. And uh, you know, working with them day to day, you really learn what their life is like, and you learn to sympathize. You you, you try to as best as you can, and um, you know, you get to know them, and hopefully inspire them enough or at least plant a seed yep. that, that sometime blossoms may grow down in, in their in their lifetime ahead of them yeah. right and 
the cool thing is, right, and I we were talking about this beforehand, but I got to experience coaching out in a suburban environment this year. And to see the parallels of, of when you have to teach a kid the path, right? How to walk it, how to do things with purpose, make the right choices. It is a decision what you want things to be, right? These kids in Bloomingdale were just as naive to this process, right? As kids in Alk Eld or in Gage Park. Mm -hmm. So is it a poverty thing or is it an age thing, right? That's that's something we have to look at as, as the measurables here, right? Is, right. Is, is, do kids just not know? And are parents teaching it? There's plenty of environmental factors, biological factors, yeah. outside influences. Um, all those take account. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't know like how we determine what is what. Yeah, you know it's, I think, yeah, you throw it all, what, what's the saying? You throw the shit against the wall and see what sticks. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what it is, yeah, right? right? It's like, oh, hey, that had a pretty good impact. And hey, look, <laughs> we got really fucked up from there. So I guess it's okay. Uh, you know, that's one of the questions I ask the kids all the time. I said, hey, man. What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you sit in this math class? Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. You may learn some math. Oh, no. I said, but if you tell your teacher to go fuck themselves, uh, now you're sitting in my office for right. 45 minutes looking at a wall, answering math questions. That sucks. So Doesn't a lot of that come from, like, bullying? Like, you don't want to look like a yeah, pussy in front absolutely. of your friends because they're going to give you shit? 100% it's about right. social collateral, especially at that at that age. Like, that is their... You know, they haven't self-actualized yet. Right, I mean, very right. few people actually come to the point of self-actualization. Right. I don't even, you know, I'd like to think that, hey, I'm self-actualized. Look at all this transmission or transformation I made in the last year. But shit, no, I'm not because I still have moments where I regress into being a dumbass. Yeah. But young kids are so, so concerned with social collateral. You better, man, what are you talking about? I look like that. Right. Like, there's... Well, it's, it's crazy. The ego comes out as a form of protection but at who, the end of the day. Who teaches them that... Like the kids who are doing the bullying, for example. Well, it's instinctive, man. I mean, a lot of times, like they're first seeing that maybe in their household or they're seeing it on the street. They're exposed to it a little bit more. And for protection, human beings, they, they put this front up, right, to possibly scare off the, yep. the other predators, right? We have to show who's boss. We have to show where our ground is. And a lot of times in these poorer areas... That's what you have to do, and that's the culture, and that's what it's got to be like. See, that's what's being taught to them Yes, growing up. It is 100% taught, right? Because you can look at it. Every human being has the potential, the same inherent potential, right? We may have not have access to it due to our upbringing or our social, emotional, it, you know, there could be a lot of things that don't allow us to access that potential, right? So a lot of that, in my opinion, I'm with you, it's taught. Right. And so that is a mechanism of survival within that environment. Sure. So they have to be a little bit more boastful about, right. you know, their physical space or, or their materialistic things. Yeah. You, I mean, there's tons of literature on it. Like when you look at <clears throat> one of the big things was when a kid's had dress down day at the school that we both taught at. Yeah. I mean, it was a, a show. I mean, they it was all brand new stuff. And that was one to, hey, sh look what I have. Right. Because not everybody had a lot. So it was, look what I have. Sure. And the same thing goes with like, oh, you bumped into me in the hallway? Where now? I'm, I'm not going like, to let that happen to me. Yeah, like, oh, man, excuse me. Where it's like, yo, do you, do you know who I am? Motherfucker, no. I don't know who you are. Should <laughs> right. I? Is, are you on a billboard? Right. Have you done yeah. anything? Fuck right. no, you haven't. So why do I? Why should yeah. I know? Right. Okay? And to them, it's like, oh, yo, yo, bro. Yo, I'm John. Okay, well, great. So yeah. what? Yeah, And that is learned. Right. Yeah, because that's when they, survival. When they go after 
for example, other kids or something, when you go after somebody who literally has not even spoken to you, doesn't bother you, doesn't even look at you, why do they decide, like, people like this, why do they decide to go after these kids that literally are not bothering anybody? Why do Again, they want to give them up? It's easier to attack a, a weaker person. What, to I show, just, I don't to, understand to the show dominance. To, to just I, to plainly show I, over dominance. somebody who's. I think there's a few things. Um, one, I think it's that right. It's just an, an ease of hey, I know I can I can puff my chest up and be bigger and stronger than you. I think the second thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, they're attacking pieces of culture or society that they necessarily don't associate with. And so okay. what you see a lot of in an urban environment is a student who's. Uh, acting a little bit more proper, raises their hand, goes about the day-to-day business of being a student the way we would want to be, right. the way we would want a child to be a student, and then some other kids who are pushing some of the cultural issues. You know, let's say, oh, man, you lame. Man, why are you acting white? Or, or, or you're like, no, I'm not. There's no way white people act or black people act or Latino people act. It's they're acting a certain way and they're they're adverse to that because they're saying that it's against them like the, the way i act does not affect you whatsoever and it shouldn't right. the problem is right they're at that level of like no it's me 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 they're so egocentric that then the way they do act affects other people and right. then that's a problem and it negatively yeah. affects them right exactly. right that's the thing like a lot of actions and things that people say do affect a lot of people but if it's affecting them in a positive way then it's okay. However, if it's taken, you know, the opposite right. effect, yeah. then... And, that, and I think that's kind of what it is, right? Yeah, is right. they're like, I don't associate with that. And I look at that as counterculture, what's kind of hold me down. And again, right. a lot of that is learned through interactions with authority figures, um, the perception of, of what that type of person does to me, like, oh, that's a, that's a politician or that's the man and they're trying to keep, you know, and, and that's all real to them. And right. so you can't blame uh, especially can't blame a child for it because that's learned right it's taught and it's learned and so the way you combat it i guess is to accept them to listen to them sure and then to use reason sure just say hey man you you shouldn't do things that make other people upset sure and one of the downsides is that we have a limited amount of time with them each day exactly so we're we're working with them you know trying to get them to grow in a positive direction but we're limited man we get 49 minutes you know and it's a, again do we reevaluate the school structure is that the most effective way to teach kids especially in yeah. an environment when it's already tough to learn new behavior yep right when your influence is negative here and there and there right um uh, we have a guy coming on in a couple of weeks who's got um this YouTube channel called Disrupt Education. And he's asking all these okay. questions and he's talking to kids about this type of stuff. And, you know, this is the 21st century. Yeah. We're changing the way we do things. Technology is advancing at a really fast rate. Uh, and it's very good to reevaluate how we do right. do things. And especially the school structure, you know, it, it's, it's very old school. And a lot of those old school qualities have evolved yeah. with us. I mean, yeah, even in our day, what would the teachers always say? You're always going to have a calculator with me or with you and bullshit. Now I have an app that I can take a picture of a calculus <laughs> problem. It tells me the fucking the answer. answer. <laughs> okay. So don't tell me I won't always have a calculator. Right. So right. why is a kid sitting in algebra class right now? Why do they need to know linear equations? Why do they need a graphic point? You know what? For what? When have you ever used that in your lives? We've right. been asking that for a long time, but it's well, still going on. <laughs> so it's like, you know, but here's why they need to sit in a math class, right? They need to learn how to analyze numbers, Correct. how to organize numbers, how to walk through a problem-solving process. Sure. And you have to tell the kid that now. 
Because right. before it was like, man, I need to know math. Well, shit, now that I'm old and grown a little bit more woke, it's like, fuck, I don't need to know this shit. Right. But I do need to know how to attack a problem, find a solution. Correct. Sure. Yeah. Be held accountable. Yeah. And also, at the at that time <clears throat> in their lives, you know, elementary through 18 years old, it's a crucial part in the developmental part of the, the brain, right? Yeah, that, I mean, and, yeah, that's when the most most growth happens in the brain. Absolutely. So to stimulate different neurons and different uh, synapse neuron connections in in different areas, right? In math, in things like uh, PE, in things like, uh, you know, philosophy or yeah. history or government or whatever the subject you're learning a language, right? We need to stimulate those types of parts yeah, what of the brain. Was one of the first sayings you learned in one of the first education classes was tabula rasa. It's Latin for blank slate. So that's the implication that a human brain is fundamentally a blank slate until we start to write on it, until they start to interact with society, True. until sure. they start to learn from other right. people. Yep. You know, hey, there's all sorts of different types of math. Yeah. If you taught me a new math that some of these people are using, I'd be like, oh, shit, I don't know yeah. as much as a third grader because I couldn't figure out the damn process. <laughs> you know? And then you're, you, graduate, you graduated at 18 years old. An 18-year-old kid. It's like a, a monkey walking around the earth right you know what i mean like we're I, full of te you know look at us we're full of testosterone right, right, like exactly. oh, look at that girl's butt oh Don't, i mean just man look at that shirt on her like ain't ready to learn you know inexperienced right not really understanding how to make big decisions and then they're confronted with this decision that's going to eventually put them in a hole yeah. money wise hey, two hundred thousand dollars hey, in hey debt. what do you want to do the rest of your life at 19 i, I asked a kid that today hey man what do you want to do i don't know yeah, shit i didn't know either how so why you, am i asking how you? are you supposed to know that yeah, but really? we're like that now though recently like with the age it just be like the old yeah you I know agree. what i mean because god knows how many years ago like 18 years old they'd be like they were like straight up men compared like at the age we're at now. Yeah, they would be that age. You're right. That's hard to be responsible. True. They'd be mature enough. But look nah, at we just keep like going backwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, we regress as technology gets. And I know you and I have spoken about this. You know, as technology and the human experience evolves and gets more and more yeah um, accessible to everybody and progressive. Right. It, it's easier to to be stagnant. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, I'll, I will, and I'll look at that too. You know, you know, our parents, they had to do it. Oh geez. Yeah. They had to, they were buying houses at 21. Now we're like, eh, you yeah, know, well, they at 30. Yeah, they cool. had to come uh, across to yeah. another country yeah. to try to find work and provide a living for a family. But here's the thing that's cool. And I know that there's, we had a lot written down and this is why it's cool, right? A lot of these changes, it's about making a decision. Okay. A year, two years ago, I was, I drank all the time. Yeah. A year ago, I was 100 pounds heavier. I didn't. There's no magical formula. I didn't go to any AA meetings. I just decided it was time to change. I tell the kids that I coach, I said, yo, decide. What do you, what do you want this year to be? Mm -hmm. Well, we want to, okay, then decide. Well, we don't know what to do. Well, guess who does? Coach Binish does, and he'll tell you exactly what you need to do in his eyes. Because, hey, I've walked the path. I right. won championships. Sure. I played at a high level. Do you want to do it? If your answer is yes, then do exactly what I tell you to do, and I think you'll have some success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Life is binary. You yeah. either choose to partake or you don't. Yes. And that's it. There's no in-between. There's no half pregnant, yep. right? I heard Gary Vee say this. I can't take, <laughs> I can't take full take credit, credit for that. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's true. Life is binary and karma is practical. Right. Like, uh, and I heard Jordan Peterson, super philosophical. He says this, you're one person away. Every person knows a thousand per people and then they'll know a thousand people. So you're one person away from a billion. You're two people away from two billion people. Everything that you do has tr a trickle effect. Yes, 100%. Out in the out 
out there in the cosmos or whatever you want to call it, right? Out in the atmosphere, the energy that we put out. And it's always the right thing to do the right thing. No? I would think so. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. absolutely. 100%. It would make sense that way. <laughs> right. And that's, I was, it was actually funny. I was talking to my wife about this. Uh, I don't know where we were coming from, but, you know, I was like, hey, I think that social media may bring us closer together as a culture, like racially. And she's like, I think it may divide us more. And it was an interesting, you know, I said, here's what I, here's where I'm getting at with this, right? As, as people who lull on to these very bigoted beliefs, okay, that, that race somehow affects who you are, or it has some type of influence on your cognitive ability, right? I mean, that's what people think, which is right. foolish, right? okay? Yeah. Those people, like it or not, because Father Time is undefeated, are beginning to die. So they're terrified about losing what they hold as dear or as true. I'd like to think that with social media, with everybody being so accessible, that initially, and right now we're seeing it, a very vast, I mean, you're either alt-right or alt-left. You're either you know, far, far Trump or far, far Democrat with us being exposed to everything and hopefully starting to listen to each other. It may not agree, but listen, have conversations. You know, you and I, Donnie, have disagreed on plenty of things. Oh, man. And we've gotten to the point where we're like, hey, man, well, fuck you. Well, fuck you. But we're still sitting here talking to each other. and We love each other because it's important and it's okay to disagree that hopefully we get past this initial and in what we're seeing right now. And we're just like, shit, it's not white black, Latino, Asian, it's the haves and the have-nots. And here's the thing, when you, and I'm just seriously thinking this, it's socioeconomic shit here, boys. Yeah. I mean, the, the writing's on the wall, mm -hmm. okay? So it's we, and when I say we, like regular-ass people, are a lot have a lot more in common than they do. They is the 1%. And I am not one of those people that occupy Wall Street, okay? Uh, capitalism mm -hmm. is good and all that shit, right? But uh, that's the separation point here it's the haves and the have-nots and we are much closer to being have-nots and we are much have much more in common as a vast population than the haves and that should be our number one concern are the have-nots it's us supporting each other making our lives better i'm not a socialist either by any stretch mm -hmm. of imagination right but there's a fine line there that we should build each other up and we should not be influenced by the people who have all the money or we shouldn't be governed by laws that were created 200 and whatever sure. years ago. Sure. The constitution is still a thing. Motherfuckers. George Washington didn't think <laughs> AR 15 and I'm not a big gun, gun control guy, right. right? I have my concealed carry. I have my Floyd, but they didn't know that AR-15s would be a thing and you could just walk around with them. Right, they had to, what are they using, powder guns? Yeah. They had to load that shit up for five minutes, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, the, the times have changed. Well, that's, absolutely, and we have to adapt to it. Well, that's yeah. the thing though, that's, politics, religion, all that stuff that divides everybody was how long ago? Yeah. Like you said, even yeah. religion, how, how old is that? Right. Why, has, mean, why does that not get updated with the decades, with it, the years? Exactly. You know what I mean? It's crazy to think. God was able to come down and talk to these people years ago, but all of a sudden it's... Now he doesn't? Now he doesn't. And you somehow <laughs> know, and I know, I don't remember who, it was a, it was a Rogan podcast that you turned me on to, um, but he, you know, he said that religion was an evolutionary um, adaptation. They had to explain things. Mm -hmm. oh, what the hell is the sun doing? Oh, right. That must be God. Right. I don't know who did it, but it just it's happened. True. So it's I like mean, they, that, that they explain things away. And as science evolves, and, and now we have to ask the question, okay, so, so and I am not 
saying this, I'm just referencing one specific religion. This is not a say it, say knocking it, on Islam or anything like that, right? But like, so you're telling me that the prophet Muhammad heard from God in a cave and he only spoke to him and that's the whole truth. And that is a foundation of a religion, right? That now our government and our Christianity has made the enemy and, you know, when you fundamentally look at the Quran and the Bible, they're very, very similar. Right. Well, actually, but we hate each other. It's the same thing up to the point of Jesus. Yeah. And so it's like. After Jesus, is that's where. That's where it differs. That's and, where it differs. And it's, Let it's, me be clear here. Sabri is Muslim. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So this is good. And this it's, is good. It's just like, it shouldn't be that way. Like, it's great that you believe right. what you believe. And it's great that I believe what I believe. Why can't we both have the same thing? It, it's crazy to think or that, not even both have the same thing but what you said like you know you and i argue all the time it's okay to have these different beliefs yeah. it's a, we can coexist right. and still exactly. disagree it's yes. fine but as long as our thought process is loving and helping people get along and be better people exactly that's it right exactly. when we get to a point where we start to manipulate people's behavior for wrong then i have yes. a problem Cause the, exactly because like then I, that's then that's where the, where the problem i lies. find it hard to believe that a deity the all-knowing deity that that we call God would create us in his image. Right. But then also provide us the capacity to murder. And I know that there's philosophers who will, who will talk about this, but like that, that can't be what he would want us to be doing. And then to kill in his name, right. Well, that's a, killing in his name. I have no idea where that yeah. comes from, but, um, for example, just real quick, just you have all the time in the world. This is your show. No, just because I don't want to talk too much about religion because it gets too. It you know? absolutely does. Absolutely. But for example, like Quran. For example, like we have our holiday. We have uh, Ramadan where we fast or whatever. And then we have Eid, which is the celebration after Ramadan, and then we have another one that comes about a month or two after that. So the story behind it basically is, oh, I forgot which prophet. Somebody got he was. God asked him to sacrifice his son in his name. So he goes to the top of the mountain, you know, goes there. As he's ready to cut his son's head off in the name of God, God tells him, listen, just because you were going to do that for me now that I see, you're not going to kill your son. Right. You're going to sacrifice a lamb, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it says, like, in all honesty, every religion is pretty much about peace, you know? Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be peaceful people. Where all this fight? I guess it's all open to interpretation. Look, yeah, that same too. that same story. Right. I can't. I don't remember if it's Abraham, but that same story exists in the Bible. So yeah, there you exact, go. Exact. There right. you go. And the same, Bible. Same concept. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean it literally is. Yeah, yeah. it's probably the same thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. So I, who cares? You're on, right. You're out. right. The the Bible is just a variation of the Dead Sea Scrolls that was translated in so many different languages over so many times. So you think over, over a lot of over a lot of years, right? Starting in Aramaic to to Latin to Hebrew to English to whatever other languages it got translated to. Think about how much got lost in translation. Right. And, you know, the right. way our scriptures written, our words and our system is different from how it was back in the Absolutely. back in the in the day. Like a lot of the the numbers and letters they they had the same symbol. So how do we know like what things got lost in translation right. as the years went by? I, I think we're we're focusing on the negative aspect of religion, which mm. isn't fair because right. we should also identify that there are some beautiful there scriptures 100%. in the Quran and the Bible that teach us about 
loving each other and doing these things that we're talking about community and have caused and inspired people to do absolutely astounding things. Right. And so religion has also built our society and given us the good things that we have too. Sure. But at the end of the day, like human beings were hardwired for understanding purpose. Right. You know what I mean? And like a lot of times that makes people feel at ease when they know that there's when you have an answer to something there's a place after we die or you know we're not living here with no purpose right right so we're just hardwired to think that way and you know believe what you believe yeah, and like- everyone's entitled to what they want to believe and that's great um let's move off the religion yeah, let's topic <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> how we go hashtag from team human hashtag team human yeah, hashtag love team human. Just be like you, each other, man. Just be you and fucking, you know, do what's right for you and your people around you and uh, try to inspire the people to do great things and love. Right? Don't hate, appreciate. Don't hate, appreciate. Hashtag team human. We're all more love alike it. than we are different. Yes, sir. All right. Um, this podcast is brought to you by... <laughs> the uh, letter C. So, do, John. <laughs> yes, sir. You were a big guy. You played offensive line. You played it for the Chicago Slaughter Championship winning team that was coached yes, by Steve Mongo McMichael of the yeah. 85 Chicago Bears. Um, that's pretty wild. Um, being an old lineman, you were big. I, big. Wasn't, I wasn't small. A year ago, I was 365-ish pounds. 365 so, so i was 365 so last yeah. year john and i started working together at the same school the first year we saw each other every single day oh it was great man <laughs> was dude lovely. i'll tell you from just a, just an honest standpoint i don't know if i ever told you but that like last year man being around you and canope and being in that school i feel like i've grown so much in that oh, one year th- that year and our interactions and this is why i was very excited to be asked to do this with you guys is you know being around you every day and having the conversations that we had, which were aw- not awkward. I shouldn't say awkward. They were challenging. Weird. Like, they were challenging. Yeah, challenging. But it's funny. People would like walk in the office and be like, the hell are you idiots talking about? Like, don't worry about <laughs> Why it. Why are you getting, getting so heated? We're getting better. Dude, this would you happen on regular. Yeah. And it was great because, you know, as I, you know, being around Donnie, he's a healthy guy. So he inspired me to eat better. Right. And so over the last year, I've now lost a little over a hundred pounds. Okay, and I've you know just completely changed the way I live, You're the way I John, eat. Dude. Oh, I'm 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 lighter than I was in college. I'm almost at my high school playing weight. Nice, but I'm not at 35 years old. right? Yeah, but I don't look like a normal high school kid, right? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty good, looking pretty good. You're looking good, man. But uh, you know, being around Danny and talking to him about eating styles and how to eat and why we eat the way we eat and that's all stuff that you know but to be you think you know you think you know but then when you get introduced by somebody you're like oh yeah it's a good yeah let me let me look that up let me yeah let me start peeking around on that and and different exercises and and think about how to train your body and so it 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 absolutely helped me uh on this path and you know now i just i feel feel like a million bucks Um, you look like a million bucks, man. It's very inspiring. <laughs> you don't just lose 110 pounds out of nowhere, right? Yeah. You got to make some real lifestyle yeah. changes. Yeah, I'll talk. Yeah, absolutely. And it, so, it's go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, tell me, like, what, like, what life, what sure. was life like? You know, when you were 365 life, pounds, like, life, what, what were you eating? What yeah. were you not? You know, what, so, what kind of exercise weren't you doing? So, <laughs> life for John was, um, you know, especially on like a Friday. I'll give you an example. I'd come home from work. Uh, go buy myself a bottle of whiskey, 
uh, some probably some frozen food or some fast food. Drink that, eat that, drink a couple more beers, maybe go out, maybe just sit at home and get as drunk as I possibly could. Uh, wake up on Saturday, hungover, feeling like garbage, try to go to the gym, and I could move some weight. You know, I had a bench press over 500 pounds. I mean, I could move some weight, military, seated military press. Always a strong guy. Yeah, I mean, just tons of weight. Um, You know, repeat on Saturday, wake up Sunday, play some football, eat like garbage all day Sunday, and then during the week, maybe make it to the gym three or four days, eat whatever I wanted. And, you know, you kept telling yourself, and it's funny, and I reference this a lot with the kids that I coach, I said, you know, look at the guy in the mirror or take that moment when you're laying in bed and just stare up and you're the only one, right, out of eight whatever billion people, you're the only one that knows what's going on with you right at this moment. And ask that, you know, are you doing what you can do? And I would always tell myself, like, yeah, I could lose the weight. Yeah, I know how to do it. I never did it. Right. I never decided, hey, dude, fucking do it. And so definitely being around Donnie and talking about this stuff and being like, you know, why don't you? And yeah. so you're like, shit, why don't I? I know how to. I know what to do. Right. It's real easy. So, you know, one of the things that you introduced me to that I that I researched a lot was uh, intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've adopted. I'll st- I stopped eating around 8 or 9 o'clock at night. I wouldn't eat the next day until noon or 1. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely would sneak in a, like a Shakeology shake or I'd buy like a green juice. Uh, just help keep my energy levels up. And then for lunch... Especially, you know, over the summer, uh, we would go to like, or rather during the school year, we go to like Pete's Fresh and get vegetables and just like freshly cooked foods. And so you're just eating prepared food. You're not eating preserved bullshit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then over the summer, I really kicked it into high gear. I'll be exercising two days a week. I'll get into the workout routines in a second. Two two times a day. Yeah. Rather two days a week. (laughs) Two times a day. Um, but there was no end goal here, right? I wasn't like, I got to lose this. I was just like, hey, I'm just feeling really, really good. Um, you know, so... Learning to adopt it as a lifestyle yeah, change and not just, have like that yep. that whole marketed, in yep. 90 days, you're going to lose yep. this amount of weight. No, it's, it's just, no. this is my life now. Right. This is... Right. That's how it's got to be. This is how I live. So every day for lunch, it's like greens, balsamic vinaigrette, an avocado, some tomatoes and onion. It tastes delicious. Right. Scarf that down, some uh, yogurt and almonds, you know, green juice, and I'm, I'm rocking and rolling, feeling yeah. great. Well, that's, that's the good, only man. way you're going to do it with that mentality because people have the mentality of an instant fix. Like, I'm going on vacation i'm gonna do this or by my birthday i want to that's not it's not gonna work no it, it never will and it's you gotta just think about it as being healthy and fit in the long term you know like and, for the and rest that, of your life and like you know getting fit for a birthday or a wedding may spark some sort of interest and like that momentum wave that you might initially need yep. you know but to carry it out consistently and hold yourself accountable every single day is not the easiest thing to do man but like uh, you can learn so much from applying those principles of exercise and eating properly to all these areas in your life like if you're consistent in doing that and you're feeling good you have the mental capabilities to handle the day you have the physical capabilities of handling the day you're comfortable with what you look what you look like and you're confident right you could apply all those principles of hard work dedication holding yourself accountable into your professional career and into your relationships you can be anything you want and that's What's cool is like to see people now, they look at me like, dude, I didn't know it was you until I like saw your eyes. You look like a different person. I'm like, thanks. I appreciate that. But to kind of touch on what you were saying, and I kind of lost a track of mine here, so I'll, 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 maybe I'll regain it, maybe not. But, um, shoot, where were we? What were you talking about, Danny? Your weight loss? No, my weight loss, but, uh, doing what you want and, uh, like carrying it out through other areas of your life. 
Like the, the the principles of exercise. So like you're holding yourself accountable. Oh yeah, that's where I was gonna go. And so like people are like, so how do you you know what do you do now? And I'm like, yo, so here's the thing. You, do I eat fast food every once in a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Sure. Yeah, you know, I was sure. coaching. I was sure. working 18 hour days. Mm-hmm. Now that involved me leaving school, driving an hour to practice, going to practice, lifting weights after practice, going home for an hour, watching film. Going to bed. So, yeah, the fast food was consumed. Yeah. Okay. But I also knew what to eat if I went there. And shit, sometimes I would just, damn it, have a Cinnabon because I wanted one. Hell and yeah. like, were you? Yeah. But now I can because I've literally changed the whole way I live my life. Exactly. I have taken it, turned the notch, turned the dial a different way. And I'm like a hundred times more efficient. How about this, though? Like, when you're five days, six days out of the week, eating fresh vegetables, eating lean meats, you know, eating good fatty foods, after five days of that, don't you feel that much better having your oh. pig out meal? Oh. Like, I put Fuck in yeah. my work this week, and yeah. I am oh, going to yeah. enjoy the shit out of this Cinnabon oh, or a funnel cake. Oh, it's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Oh, like I salted caramel bacon right. smoothie. And somebody's <laughs> like, you can't eat that. Like, watch me eat a motherfucker. Yeah. Watch me. Well, like, people, have, people take it to the extreme. People have common misconceptions. Like, when you're on a diet, first of all, diet doesn't mean not eating. Right. Right. You got to eat. Diet it. means how you're eating. Yes, right. exactly. So why when people hear the word diet, they go crazy thinking they can't eat and this and that. If you have a freaking McDonald's burger, if you have something once in a while, it's not, nothing's going to happen. Right. You know, you, you don't have to starve yourself or just when you go out on vacation, like have a big ass burger. Yeah. Great. Have one. Just don't make it a habit. Right. That Because <laughs> that's that was my diet. When I was 360 exactly. pounds, that was my diet. For sure, man. It was like, oh. I'm gonna go to this, go out to dinner and have a burger and fries and six or eight beers. Yeah. Now it's like yeah. uh, I'll have this delicious, you know, grilled whatever salad and and a seltzer mm-hmm. water, and it's like, oh shit, I feel like a million bucks. Oh yeah. I looking much better. It brings you all that confidence. And you know, dude, there's no everything. comparison about like how how much better you feel when you're hydrated and eating clean foods, yeah, get good foods. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable how much energy you have and. The, the how built up your immune system and, gets yep. and your ability to fight off infection and other bacteria. Yep. You know when, what I'm saying? When you and when you a lot of people are like, oh, tell me, John, finish. How'd you do it, man? How'd you do it? And there are some bigger guys that I that I'm you know close with, and I said, look, I'll, I will walk you through it step by step. I will walk the path with you because I've made that change. I said, but it's a decision. I said this isn't a two month thing to lose the kind of weight that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like. Fucking, it's 100 fucking pounds it's just you have to make the whole lifestyle shift absolutely you know, and I'm tired of this excuse like I don't have time I don't have time well if it's bullshit. high enough bullshit. on your yeah. priority yep. list mm-hmm. high enough on your priority list you will find the time for it yep you had time 100%. to watch cat videos right of course. Fuck, get the fuck out of here you don't have time dude an hour a day is available yeah. for anybody yeah, but I look it, it's like what's at stake your freaking like your, your health, mood your life how you feel <laughs> right like the way you process information how you handle yourself on a day-to-day basis is at stake people yeah. you can't just let your health go by the wayside like yeah you want to pig out every once in a while yes everything in moderation i like to say yes but you got to make sure that you're putting quality right. nutrients into your body because was, guess what dumb dumb your body's making new cells yeah, with the crap he, that you're putting he, in uh, some guy i coach with he's like 
oh, live a little, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yo, I do. He's like, I'm going to eat what I want because I only get one chance around this earth. And yeah. we were talking about something. I said, yeah, so do I. I said, here's the thing, though. Now the sexy chicks like me. And he's, like, well, he's like, fuck you. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, fuck you, too. But like, back when you were bigger, back when you were bigger, like, how much of that was ego? Like, I can lose it whenever I want. Oh, I'm huh? fine. I'm okay with being big. I've always been big. I'm just going to eat whatever the hell I want, and I'm okay with this. All of you it. You know what I mean? It's all ego. All of it. Even me, dude. Like, I grew up, you know, at 18 years old, I was a certified personal trainer. And in my head, I freaking knew everything. I thought, you know what I mean. I was such a badass. I was a flipping loser. <laughs> I'm sure, like you know, I've been sober now for two years. I'm sure the stories that people would tell about the way I acted, right? Would and again, not being a small individual. Right, you, you had, had a, you, had a, you had to throw back the alcohol. Yeah, now, let's let's get into a little bit about that. Not only were you battling being 365 pounds and being big, yeah, um, but you were taking down booze regularly. Oh yeah, like I, you know, as you investigate it now, um, and one of the guys I work with, shout him out, Quincy Jones, uh, oh, talks Quincy, about, my man, Quincy yeah, talks about it. Use a cool term. He says, investigate your reality, and as I've you know, quit drinking. And I look back on it. Like I did not drink Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. But like I said, Friday night, it would be, I'm going to buy a fifth of whiskey, drink it in two hours, drink 15, 20 beers, go buy more whiskey. Maybe I'll go out and College spend. Drinking. Oh, like just, and it, and I was, <laughs> Hey, I always had a couple of things I said I was great at. I said, lifting weights, being an asshole and drinking. I mean, I could put it back. And I had fun, and it wasn't like, a, you know, two or three beers. No, I mean, I had to drink 15 beers before I was like, okay, now it's time to party. Or like right. half a bottle of, you know, whiskey. Then it's like, yeah, I'm starting to feel pretty good here. And so, like, that's not good. And so, would I sit there and tell you then was I an alcoholic? Absolutely not. Would I tell you now that I was? Yeah, that's being an alcoholic. Now, did I step foot in an AA meeting or anything like that? No. Okay, it, it came to a point in time where, again, I had that moment to look myself in the mirror and say, what the fuck are you doing? The fuck are you doing? And so I decided to stop. And it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me, which, you know, it, it, it was hard at first, but then it got really easy. And the cool thing is the people who you always went around with and partied with and associated all that fun with, they were still very accepting of me. Right. And they still wanted me around. They were still asking me out. So I was able to go out and be with my friends and still have them drink and party and think, now, yeah, does that get annoying at times? Sure. Cause you're sober and you're like this you're motherfucker. Still, you're still able to have a good time. <laughs> but yeah, I can still go out and party, which is great. Cause now, you know, I'm having my cake and eating it too. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it's win, it's win, it's win. You know, now, so, so that's what I would tell anybody is like, you're, you're living your life with no fucking purpose. If it, you know, like go, go get it. Shit. It ain't right. hard. You just got to decide. Right. Man. And I'll tell you like working with you last year and you know, shout out to all the people working at that school, uh, Soto Academy, high school in Gage Park. Um, the conversations we'd have, the challenging conversations we've had, the challenging th things that we, you know, the thoughts that we propose one another, uh, different ways of critical thinking, right? Yeah. Different ways of living life and really looking at things objectively and maybe applying them or not, or just harnessing the thought and having a mature discussion. Right. Finding out that people can disagree and still coexist. Hallelujah, it can happen, people. Yeah. It's all right. 
and that it, it sometimes, and you know, that goes back to that three letter word that we used earlier, ego. Why? Who? What does it matter? Right. Like, at the end of the day, I am just another dude. I, the only way you can measure yourself, I truly now believe, and you know, I'll steal this another, I don't remember who said it on Rogan, like I don't use the word believe a lot because I hold it or mean it to be true. Okay. I firmly, firmly believe the only way you can truly measure your success is how you've impacted other people. Like what have I done for, for sure. what have, yeah. yeah, I've, I've accumulated tons of wealth, but so what? That's True. a value to like, you. That's a, that's like, an importance. You that's have. me. But what have I done? You know, like I built myself up and every decision you inherently make is a selfish one to benefit yourself. Sure. Right. But you know, what, what did you, what did you do for the, for other people? Right. For sure. How did you affect them? That's, that's a value system that is important to us as educators, but like success to everybody else is completely different depending on what their values are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that can all change depending on what the person's value system are, is, or are, whatever the <laughs> We're not English teachers here, folks. So back the fuck off. But you know what I'm saying? And in our value system, it's important to inspire and help yeah. other people around us, right? Fair it's point. just it's Absolutely. just in our DNA. And I have Absolutely. to say, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, like I, it stemmed a lot of growth in me, man. And I pushed myself to accomplish goals that I set out for myself a long time ago. And um, I, I've, for me, I've had a really fun year growing, and you being a part of my life. Um, and everybody out at that school, it's been fantastic. Uh, and I just w- I want to thank you. It's triggered a lot of change and growth in me. And, uh, you know, it's That's, been great. The cool thing is it's like 100% mutual. You know, you, you got me to do stand-up comedy. <laughs> You've helped, you know, inspire me and influence this change in my life. And it's, it's a really cool thing to find a, a friend and to develop a relationship where you can mutually benefit each other. And yeah, like you said, sometimes disagree, but at the end of the day, know that, you know, our interactions and our, our, our actions towards each other are just to help each other. That's it. I wouldn't want to knock you down. That's it. I want to build the machine, baby. (laughs) And because of our alpha male egotistical personalities, you know, that would clash. But what did it teach us, man? It teaches or taught us to... To remove our ego Absolutely. and be comfortable with who we are. And and that's not a process that we've mastered yet. We're doing that every oh, single day, right? And process, we're all doing every, that oh, for sure. every single day. For sure. Um, so, dude, I, I thank you for coming on the show. Let's wrap this up. I mean, this was a great conversation. I'm glad we good. captured it. And uh, I'm really uh, eager to put this out and get other people listening, and hopefully it inspires a, a, another person or two. Hey, absolutely, guys. It was my pleasure. Love Donnie and the Machine, man. I do this anytime, guys. All Appreciate right, man. It. Episode yeah, number 12. Coming. Dude, thanks again. Uh, episode 12, Donnie and the Machine. Should we exit with a little bit of the Machine's new music? Yes. Come on, He's got, come on, dude. Drop, drop something it. Off. Drop it like it's hot. All right, fine. Now. All right, all right, fine. Here yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Don't worry about Later, it. Later, guys. All right, love you. Peace.
Put me 